that if you're not born again, which I know all y'all are, but I'm just saying, how does it work? That the word will quicken you, and I don't have to preach on you are going to hell, and you sorry, no good. You ought to get right with God, which you should, but, uh, but just hearing the word, you'll call upon the name of the Lord. It's not that hard to get born again, and you'll get your heart right, and you'll ask him into your life. So I'm, I'm ministering to water walkers. How many water walkers do we have in this place this morning? Y'all are water walkers? We walk on the water. We're not babies. We was babies. We were. We were babies. I was a baby in the Lord. I was a little one. Didn't know how to, didn't know how to pray. Didn't know how to say. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know how he was, didn't know how to, didn't had no nothing. Just didn't know anything. But I started growing up. Started getting hungry for the word. Started listening. And the more I heard, the more then he made me understand. I know this is your testimony too. I got into this. Started out, like Teresa said, I started out, you know, Deuteronomy and Ezekiel, Leviticus. You know, start at the beginning. Start, that's what I did, but that's not where we should start. We should start in the Gospels. <clears throat> Find out that God loves us. That's what Jesus did. He came to tell us, God loves you. And that's in the Gospels. But the Gospels do not tell you who you are. He's talking to a bunch of sinners. They weren't born again. Even his disciples were not born again. So he, he couldn't tell us much about that except God loves you. And then he proved it by going to the cross. But get over there in the epistles and you find out that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. As he is, so am I in the world. He always causes me to triumph in him. Oh, I need to know that because you all know there's a real devil out there. You all know there's real flesh out there. The flesh gets weak. Oh, spirit's strong, Bob, but you're all in flesh. I'm in the flesh body, and it, it wants chocolate pudding all the time. Ice cream is good at my house. <laughs> so I got to have some help. And uh, right now I'm not getting enough on ice cream, but <laughs> amen. So uh, we got to get kingdom-minded, and to get kingdom-minded, we got to grow up. Point yourself with me and say, grow up. Come on, do it again. Grow up. Now, that is it. We, we are not ministering here to babies. It is, and if you're a baby, and none of you are, but I'm just saying, you just have to grow up. We just all, we got a little one in the nursery this morning. He's got a lot of growing up to do. He's five months old. Y'all realize that's 20-something weeks. That's just, that's just, that's nothing. 140 days. Some people are 140 months, nothing, and 140 years, and like, help me, Jesus. But uh, we're going we're gonna to minister constantly by principle, because I can't tell you, nobody can tell you what to do with all your life. Well, when you hit this thing, we'll do this, and when you run into that situation, do that. You, you can't cover every base. Well, how long should my skirt be, and, how, and should I wear a tie on Sunday? And You can't know all that, so you teach principles. You teach the laws of the kingdom. Then you know that. You just plug in your situation, and boom, it comes out. That's what I'll do. This is how it'll work. It'll work the same every time for everybody. So we, we're ministering the life of God by principle, and we do that out of the Word of God. So I brought y'all a new principle three or four weeks ago, and it says this. Life is not measured by what you've done. Life is measured by who you're connected to. Now, that's kind of a strange principle, it's kind of, uh, but it's important because we have a lot of Christians that have been estranged by religious sayings and relig lots of churches out there, lots of teachings. Follow me, do it my way, do it this way, and all that sort of stuff. And so we are all tempted to be by ourselves, to be just uh, lone rangers, as it were. The Word doesn't teach that. The Word never says. You know, people say, me and Jesus, that's all I need. That's not in the Bible. Now, to get born again, you don't need somebody else, and I know that's what that's addressing. But after you get born again, you need somebody. I'm, I'm waiting. And the Word tells us, you need somebody. We all need somebody because if we don't have somebody, we will go off and think on our own and be unchallenged. We'll think according to how we want it to turn out. Have y'all ever noticed that uh, women's right people, or at least that used to be, were all women? Well, there's a little bias there, wouldn't you say? Y'all know gay right people? Do you know who, who's advocating for that? They're all gay or whatever that is. 
So there's a bias in all of us. So when we go to think, we're thinking according to our bias, according to how we want it to turn out. Yeah, I'm for that. Well, why? Well, because if, it, if it's true, it'll turn out good for me. So we need somebody. We need somebody in our life, someone that'll, that'll debate us or someone that'll say, what is that that you're thinking or doing? We all do. Amen. Yeah, y'all are coming. Hallelujah. Well, turn, uh, uh, did you know? Praise God. Well, so the kingdom principle that we brought was is that you cannot go further in life than who you're connected to. Let's just think about that. Let's just dwell. That seems so not kingdom. That seems so not autonomous. And the reason you're thinking that is because we're in a democratic society, and bless God, I don't need nobody. I don't need no man. I don't need no woman. I don't need no preacher telling me what to do. I, you know, we're just, we're in a society that's like, bless God, I, I am the highway. Y'all think about it. Look, look at TV and all the people that are anarchists right now in America won't even stand up to salute the flag or let the flag uh, be revered. We're, we're in a strange time right now. So that's what makes people think, I don't need anybody. But we do. Two is better than one. It says in, uh, you know, I, I, this is going to be different. I got the wrong notes. Hallelujah. So I'm gonna just going to wing it here. Uh, look in Psalm 1. Here, let me just prove it to you. Let, don't believe anything. Don't, don't take my word for anything. Go to the word. Go. Say amen. Go to the Word. You've got a Bible. You've got the mind of Christ. It says in verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Right there, you need to know that he wants us to walk in counsel, but just not the ungodly. I don't need anybody. Yes, you do. I do. I have to have somebody. I'm telling you, uh, a year ago, I gave myself to somebody. I said, uh, Pastor Eric West. I said, I'd, I've never been in this situation before. I've never been alone since, since I was just a pup. I mean, I, and so I had to start. I said, I don't know how to think. I don't know what my reference points are. I don't know what my future is. I'm, I'm, all my cornerstones are off. And I said, so I'm going to tell you everything I'm thinking, and I want you to judge it. Measure it by the word and, and, and the call of God that you already know in my life and tell me, son, that's not right. That's crazy. I tell you, he steered me by the Holy Ghost. It was very valuable, and I never got off point. Well, we all need to do that. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you could say, blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So you could say, I need to stand in the way of the righteous nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, which is the boastful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, the Lord's law, doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What a life! What a life that every hour of every day, whatsoever you doeth, bingo. It's like going to the casino and every time, I mean, I'm just, this is a, a rough example, but you've seen it on TV. That's all I'll say. You've seen it on TV. Wherever time you pull, it pours out. So you put in another nickel and you pull and it pours out and everything you do just pours out. That is what the plan of God is for your life. Well, I've never seen it. That's right. Because people are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. They're standing in the way of sinners. And they're sitting in the seat of the scornful. All of us have a history of having that infection, that, that tainting, that violation, that corruption, that pollution in our life where we are skeptical of the things of God and open to the things of the world. Now, if God would ever walk through the wall and say, I am God, you know, we'd all say, yeah, I gave verily. But that wouldn't be faith. Instead, he wrote it down with men's minds and men's pens and said, I inspired them. Check it out and see if it doesn't line up every bit. No discrepancy. No. It all works. So we did, and it does. And it says the ungodly are not so. 
but are like the chaff, the stuff on wheat, which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the godly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. He's saying there, get with somebody, but it ought to be someone that'll help you. Someone that'll help you. Turn with me, slip over to Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. We've been going to this scripture every week. Let's just go there again. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it's the book of wisdom, not, not the book of wisdom, but a book of wisdom is written by Solomon. Verse 9 of chapter 4 says, two are better than one. Two are better than one. Say it with me. Two are better than one. Let's say it better. Two are better than one. Now, that's the Bible. That's the truth. That's God saying it. If he came in here and Jesus was to walk into this room and say, two is better than one, and then walk out the other door and go down to, to IHOP and have him a plate of pancakes or whatever, you know, we'd say, you know, the truth came and said two are better than one. That's the truth. Well, it's just as powerful, if not more, to read it out of your Bible. Two is better than one. So this Lone Ranger thing, this uh, I don't need nobody, personality-wise, it's a scary world. And personality, people are shutting down. They've been burned. Has anybody in here been burned by being with somebody? Two is better than one. Yeah, you ought to see my two. I got burned to the, to the smoke, and I'm not going to be with anybody. Me is better than two. And that's your experience, but it's not the Bible. It just means you had the wrong one. You sat in the seat of the scornful. You walked in the way of, you know, we've all done that. But just because you've been burned, just because it didn't turn out, doesn't mean that's the truth. It just means that's your experience. This is the truth. And I'm going to work all I can to convince you all of the truth. Because if you'll ever love the truth and take this over any experience of your own or somebody else, then you'll live higher. You'll live above. Everything that you do will prosper. Everything that you do. I want everything I do to prosper. Because when it doesn't prosper, I have to walk it back, reload, and walk it forward just to get back to where I was. I've done that a lot. Anybody in here done that? Done that a lot. Had to walk back junk that was not true, that was not right. Cost me a lot of years. Because sometimes it's not just the weekend that you lose. It's Big hunks of your life that you go, wow, I could have been, where could I have been if I'd been on the truth? But I went down that thing thinking because they told me and my dad told me and my mother told me and the preacher told me and, and I just believed it instead of getting in here and getting it. Didn't know this truth. We're going to change that. This is big picture stuff. This isn't where, how low, low to wear your dress or this isn't how long to wear your hair. This isn't that junk. This isn't don't cheat on your income tax or drive the speed limit. It's not any of that legalism stuff. It's like how to live your life. I want to live my life. So this is walking on the water where all that you do, everything you doeth, prospers. I want that. I'm 65. I've just got 50 or 60 years left, so i gotta, I got to max them out, you know. Uh, i got to get it going. I should be smarter now than I used to be. Uh, I should be. Hallelujah. Verse 10, if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. That's the true, same thing about a spare tire. They're, putting, they're making cars now that don't have a spare tire. I wanted a little SSR. I know y'all think this is, I, I, I'm embarrassed to even tell y'all about it, but I still want one. It's that little, little four-wheel pickup, uh, 2004, 5, and 6 that Chevrolet made. It's a two-seater, and then the hatch comes back, and it's got a little narrow bed and everything, but it has no spare. I was in pursuit of one before I bought my red Chevy. I thought I was going to have one. Go, look at me. I was going to be cool. But then I found out it didn't have a spare because it's got 19-inch wheels on the front, 20-inch wheels on the back, and it doesn't have a spare. That's what I did to that. I said, I'm not going anywhere without a spare. Well, how often do you use a spare? Not very often. But, boy, when you need one, you, it's, 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 like, it's like water in the desert. Throw those gold bricks aside and, and trade them all for a, for a quart of water. Uh, we need to have people in our life like a spare tire. Don't maybe need them every day, but when you fall, when you fall, when you do 
When you fall, not if you fall, when you fall, you need someone to pick you up because you can be down for years. You can be down for a lifetime. And I told you all about that, the, the people that's on TV that suffer a crisis. And they, they, what they say is, is, uh, is, I'll never recover. I'll never get over this. Well, that wiped out their whole life. Ha. I just found my notes. Hallelujah. This is last week's notes. <laughs> well, now I know where to go. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <laughs> ah. Oh, Jesus, you're wonderful. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 6. i got to get going here. Or I, you know, we could review every week. We just can't do that. Chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, of, uh, ch- verse 14. I, wanna, I want you can go further than with somebody than you can by yourself. Anybody want to go further? You know, we raise our kids to be in the right schools, to date the right person, to have the right job, get the right degree. Uh, we do all that because we want our children to have the maximum potential. Every opportunity exploited, nothing left on the table. We want our children to go far, go far. Go further than me, Junior. Don't be, I made this mistake and I did that, but I want you to take my wisdom, stand on my shoulders and go far. Well, that's what this is. You get the right person in your life. We talked about that being your pastor, for one. Now, I, I, this is a real good message to go to some other church. But I'm just not afraid of anybody. So I'm going to bring the truth here, even if it looks self-serving, because I'm not self-serving. I've been here 22 years. I was 14 years in West Texas, and I traveled in between. I'm proven. I'm for the kingdom. Amen. So I'm telling you to have a good pastor is valuable. I would not have a, I wouldn't live a life without a good pastor. I would not go to a city for a great job if it didn't have a good church. Listen to me. I would not live in a city with a great job. Woo, you'll make 120 grand. Guaranteed, bona fide. But there is no church here. You'll, you'll have to this, that, and the other. But you, I wouldn't go. So, you got to be hooked up. Oh, look at that girl. She is not. She is knocked. Da- she is knocked down. Gorgeous. She can play the piano and she can cook collard greens. You ought to get her. Well, she doesn't know Jesus, but you know that's just a little thing. Would not do it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't marry a girl that didn't have the Holy Ghost. Y'all will know what I'm talking about. Well, and I wouldn't let my children. I'd 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 scream and carry on and and, amen. I could tell y'all stories, but we can't do that. Uh, here it is in chapter 6, verse 14. Be not, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So he's not saying don't get yoked. He's saying don't get unequally yoked. The implication there is, is this is a description or this is a warning about something that's a principle. Get, get equally yoked is what he's actually saying. Is that right? Can we do that? For what hath fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial, or what hath part he with a believeth an unbeliever? Uh, the New Living says, don't team up with those that are unbelievers. I wouldn't go into partners with someone that did not have the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't go into partners. I wouldn't mix, I wouldn't give them access to my assets or my future. Not one moment. I wouldn't let them have one, one jot or tittle. Jesus is Lord, not some partner just because of money. Because Jesus got more money than any partner you'll ever have if it's the wrong partner. And so it says in New Living, don't team up. So there's another word for yoke. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? So he's talking about there being teamed up and a partner. We need a partner, y'all. Well, I've been burned. Let me tell you my story. I got 17 stories about being burned that are all hotter than your story. It's not a matter of where you've been. It's a where you're supposed to go. Amen? I mean, we've all been in car wrecks. But what do we do? We just go get us a new car and get in and, and sail on. Well, if you've ever been in a car wreck, you should never drive a car. Well, we don't use it for that. So if you've ever been burned with a person, an alliance, a partner, or someone in your team, and they burn you, You ought to say, shame on me. Jesus was not directing that. He was not leading that, but I wanted it. I let someone, I co-signed with someone to buy my house in in Seminole one time. The Bible says, don't co-sign. Do not, 
But this was in my, he was in my church, and he was an attorney, and he was the county attorney. He was gold, except if you turned him over, then he was tin or something else. And he burned me to the ground. He burned us. Oh, yeah. I finally had to get a letter from him saying it wasn't my fault, but because I couldn't get fine. It was a wreck. It was a wreck. It was a wreck. Okay. Uh, how can light and darkness live together? How can Christ and the devil agree? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? How can God's temple come in terms to terms with pagan idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Now, uh, uh, the new American standard says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. So bound together is another term for yoked or being partnered or on the team, bound together. He's not saying don't be bound together with anybody. He said be real careful who you're bound together because it's an important part of your life. Y'all say amen when we, when we go there. Hallelujah. In the, uh, new, in the Young's literal translation, it says, Become not yoked with others, unbelievers, for what partaking is there uh, to righteousness and lawlessness. So another word is partaking. When you... When you become partners or team up with someone, then you bring everything you have to the table, plus you have all that they have without taking away from all that they have. So there's a double there, at least a double. But if you look in, uh, we looked in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32.30, let me just take you there. It says, how can one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand? Say exponential. Come on, let's say it. Exponential. It's beyond addition. An exponential is when one plus one does not equal two. The exponential means that it's got an aspect to it where, where, oh, what's that word? Synergy. We'll use synergy for the word. One plus one is not two. In this case, the Bible case, it's ten. You go, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm handling it. There's a thousand coming at me, but I'm handling it. No, there's ten thousand coming at you. You got to have somebody in your life to hold back ten thousand, or you're going to get run over. Well, I've been doing pretty good. Just had that little incident in sixteen or fourteen, and that little incident in seventeen. I think every three years I can handle it. How much further could you and I be down the road if we didn't have to handle little incidents that set us back two years? I'm telling you, I've made some big boo-boos, not moral mistakes, just just. Because I didn't ask God. I didn't pray. Because I didn't consult. Oh, yeah. All of us have done things where we didn't pray. Oh, we winged it. We said, Lord, now I'm doing this. If you have any objections, you might ought to submit them pretty soon. Uh, in 20 minutes, I'm going to be signing that contract. And if you got something, we'll just make the sun go backwards or the moon eclipse. Just, you know, walk through the wall. Do what you want to do. Otherwise, I'm in. That's not exactly what we're talking about here. We do it all. We all do it, and we all do it all. We've all done it. I don't do that anymore. I'm not that smart. But I'm smart enough to partner with him and his word. And I don't do that nasty stuff anymore. You shouldn't either. It'll never pay. I was sure that that cosine would not clip me. I was positive it wouldn't. This was gold. This was, this was, this, this was ironclad. It could not fail. And it ate me one bite at a time till I was gobbled up. There was a devil involved. Y'all know that? <laughs> and he was after me, and it almost put me out. Praise God. So um, uh, two is better than one. He said, uh, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. This is the new living. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Well, I'm married, you might say. Yay. But that's not what this is talking about. It's not talking about just being married. How many of y'all know some people are married and they're more distanced from each other than people that are not, well, that are just friends? Ah, oh yeah. I got friends that are way more closer to me than blood. Y'all know what I mean by that? I got, I got brothers that are like 173,000 miles from me, and I got some friends that are just 17 yards. It's, it's, it's not blood. So, likewise, when two people clo uh, lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can be one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. 
Three are even better for a triple corded braid. Cord is triple braided cord is not easily broken. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter three, which I'm talking about an exponential life. I said I'm talking about an exponential life. Now listen, listen to me. It's not in my personal uh, best interest to preach these things. It makes people mad at me. They get they get a little ruffled with me because they say they say, and I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about other people, uh, the ones that aren't here. It's like. I'm doing just fine. And what they mean by that is I'm going to heaven. And honey, you are right every time. You are going to heaven. You cannot be taken out of the heaven loop. You have to do some things that are in Hebrews chapter 6 that are just beyond speaking to get unborn again. Once you're born again, it doesn't matter what drug you're pushing and what, uh, what thing you're doing. Once you're born again, you're born again. The only way you could get unborn again is if you do some things with the personage of the Lord Jesus himself. It cannot be done by things that you do that, that uh, put you down or put other people down. You have to actually go and desecrate the lordship of Jesus, according to Hebrews, in order to get unborn again. So we're all good, right? Say, I'm saved. <laughs> you are, you are. Well, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What happens when you get born again is you go to heaven because you are recreated a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But if you don't get your mind renewed, if you don't follow the principles to have life on earth as it is in heaven, you're not going to live an appreciably better life than a sinner, someone that doesn't know God, someone that's going straight to hell. You'll live pretty much the same life they do because you're not engaging the kingdom. It's like a single man. It's like a married man living single. Don't do it. It'll get you in trouble, won't you? Won't it? You got to change. Once you get married, you got to change. You got to. You can't go back and say, "Well, I'll come in when I want to, and I'll spend money I like I want." You can't. You're married. You got to. You got to change. Well, in the kingdom, once you get born again, you got to change. You got to renew your mind to who you are and what He's done and what He has for you, or you're not going to live a good life on earth. It's going to be a hard life. The devil's going to be after you, and he will succeed if you don't change your mind. And it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, we looked at this uh, at home this week. It says, uh, verse 20. I hope you all got a big star around verse 20. It says, now unto him. Well, that would be the Lord Jesus, wouldn't it? Uh, now unto him that is able. He's able. Doesn't mean he's doing it, but he wants to. He is able to do, to do for you, to do for me. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all. There's four major adjectives there that are all extreme adjectives, exceeding, abundantly, above all that we could, that we could ask. And the, the Amplified says, ask, think, or imagine. That is the exponential life. Anybody want the exponential life? You want to just go through life and just say, I, same as a sinner, but I'm going to heaven. Well, yay, but not so much, yay, because we do everything to live one more day. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars when a baby's in, in ICU or whatever that is, natal, natal thing, to get them one more day. Or we put pe older people that are under some thing and say, oh, do this drug and spend this money and get the operation so they can live one more day or one more year. We Life is precious. But when we come to this other life, we go, ah, ah, whatever. Live a sorry sinner life for 50 years or live an exponential life. Ah, doesn't matter. That's crazy. It doesn't line up. Y'all see it doesn't line up? Well, it's just because we don't know. And we don't know because nobody's told us. So I'm telling you, you can have an exponential life. I'm having one right now. I'm having an exponential life right now. All that I do right now is prospering. I, you say, that's pretty, that's pretty cocky. That's pretty haughty. I'm telling you, it's working. It's working for me. It doesn't mean I don't mess up. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, I'm not tapped. But pretty much, I'm doing everything I want to. And you should too. It's not because I'm a preacher. <laughs> for sure, but that's not it. So he says it. To him, to him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine, 
ask, hope, and imagine, according to the power that worketh where? In us. Say right now. Come on, say right now. Right now. We're not waiting on God to say, you know, when I lean forward with my scepter and grant the, the, the power to you, then it'll happen. When you've done this and gone there and missionary this and given 10,000 and sacrificed and, and done without. Nope, nope, nope. Are you born again? I'm born again. That's who it's to. That's me. That's you. It's us. He said, you can have an exponential life. I want that. I don't want to be in heaven that, and say, you know, for just a little more, just an adjustment, actually would have been easier for me to live a godly life or a life according to the word, a life where Jesus was Lord, than to live my old fearful, don't know what's going to happen, don't know who's going to get me, don't know who's going to, uh, uh, I could have had a great life. I don't want to be up there and go, could have had a V8, and I could have had an exponential life. I, that's the thing. It's not that I am had such a terrible life. I've had a good life anyway. But I don't want to have that regret. My regret's not going to heaven. I'm there. But I just don't want to live a, a, a wasted, fruitless life down here. Romans chapter 12. Let's just move it on. Exponential life. Exponential life, you two is better than one. It's not the only key, but it's a big key. If you cannot measure your life successfully any higher than who you're linked, yoked, teamed, uh, 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 um, imparted to, then some of us are going to struggle. It just doesn't matter what idea you get. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. There's a truth to that. Amen. So you, maybe you have a husband or a wife that just doesn't care about God and just doesn't want to do it God's way. That's a problem that you got to fix. you got to find somebody else in your life, a friend, certainly your pastor. That's the problem with churches that have 39,000 or 42,000 people. Who is your pastor? Who are you teamed up with? I'm, I'm digressing just a little bit here. I, they got lots of things. You can have the singles group. You can have the uh, the weaving group. You can have the uh, the widget group, the motorcycle club. You can lots of advantages that are really really good. Oh oh, what did I do? Hallelujah! Or you can have relationships that'll put you over the top, where the Lord says, "Well done." How many of y'all want that? I want that. I want that. Well done. Because 70 or 90 or whatever you're going to live on this earth is just a, that's, that's it. It's a vapor. It's, I know there every year looks like it's a long time now, but we're talking about eternity. This is nothing. Just hold on, honey. Just, just buckle up for just a little bit. It'll be over soon. I'm telling you, it won't be long till we'll be out of here. But what you do here has all the consequences of what you get to do there. The truth is, I don't have time for this, but we'll just do it anyway. What you do on this earth determines where you'll be in the millennial reign. You know when we go to heaven, when he appears in the eastern sky, and those that are in the grave will rise first, and that we which will remain will come up and caught with new bodies and meet the Lord in the air. It's not the second coming, it's the rapture. And we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb, seven years. They're having a tribulation down here. Be sure and get your ticket punched. <laughs> Don't put that one off. We're going to be with him seven years. He's going to train us, tell us what to do, and then we're coming back down to earth for the millennial reign, a thousand years. There's been six, six seasons, 6,000-year sections of time, and the seventh one is the millennial reign, a thousand years, and we're going to, what the Bible calls, rule and reign with him. A thousand years. That's a lot of birthdays. Oh, we're going to Uncle Ned's house. It's his 930th birthday. <laughs> what am I going to get him? He's just so hard to buy for after 929. <laughs> he ain't got no troubles. <laughs> oh, so what's he going to do? The, Jesus talked about it in one of the... Oh, we can't go there either. But he talked about, I'm going to give you power over ten cities and you power over five cities. That's what he's talking about. The millennial reign. 
What did you do here? Faithful over little? Master, ruler, administrator over much. It's not talking about now, although it does work now. He's got big plans for y'all. Oh, I don't believe that. It's just, well, I'm going to die like a dog, just be in the ground. Poor thing, poor thing. That's not what the Bible says. God is a great God. He's not a mediocre God. He's not a slothful God. He's not a God without detail. He's not a God without plans and without purpose. He's got a very enduring love that he sent the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son at the time, sent him to hang for each one of us if nobody else would take. He's got big plans. He's got big investment in us. And he plans to have his way. The devil will not have his way. It's old Billy getting there, but he wins. And he's got a plan for you. Read it. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. We're not making this up. This isn't some, some novel. It's in the book. But back to this book. God wants you to be fruitful now. He wants you to go. If you can't, if you can't do anything... You ought to pray. You ought to take up the ministry of prayer. And we ought to all be praying. Prayer is very important. If, if God's getting his way, if God's in control, then why does he tell us to pray? If God's in control, why is there a devil wrecking havoc everywhere and opposing the plans of God? We, God is not in control on the earth. We are in control according to the power that worketh in us. You're going to have, oh, I got a terrible life. <laughs> it's not God's fault. Quit blaming God. Because he put before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. I'm on the path to choosing right now. Well, it ain't much fun serving God. Then you're not serving God because he's the most fun I ever had. I am convicted about this. I will never change. I am sure because once you've had an experience... You're done. You're in. So you can see I have very little room for baby Christians. Not the sense that I don't love them, but I don't, I don't, I, I, whiny, what, what, why isn't God good to me, and I, it's not working, and I, I, that doesn't light my fire. My fire is to rally the troops, go up the hill and take the devil out and post the flag of victory. You know, and it doesn't mean that I don't, of course I love people, and of course I want to help people. And even the whiny ones, I, I do, but I was like, you go take care of them. <laughs> really, really, you don't do well in this church if you just want to come in every once in a while and, and, uh, and play the game. I do not play the game, and I don't think you do either. I think we're serious. I think we all know we're just a, and we're on it. Are you all on it? We're on it. Amen. Where are we now? We're in Romans chapter 12. We're hurrying every chance we get here. Romans chapter 12. Now, I'm living an ex exponential life. Say it with me. I'm living an exponential life. One puts 1,000 to flight, but two puts 10,000 to flight. I have a tenfold increase if I hook up with someone that's like-minded, someone that is... Uh, not sitting in the seat of the scornful, not standing in the way of sinners, someone that is like-minded, someone that is giving their heart to Jesus, they hook up. We see in Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He's telling me I'm in charge. Well, God, when are you going to take care of this? Paul did this in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I sought the Lord three times for him to take this thorn from me. And the Lord come back. The Lord didn't say, you know, I'm on that, but I got some busy stuff over here in, in Afghanistan. I, I am busy. Can you not just handle that thorn for a while? God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, ah, of course, in my weakness, he's made strong. Read it. It's in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. Paul candidly tells that it's up to him to take care of the devil. And so he turned, took care of the devil, the, the thorn in the flesh, took care of it, and went on to victory. It's not God that's going to save you. God has already saved you. Jesus is the Savior. And he made a way. He looked into your situation and said, you know, I've already dealt with that. 
I was on the cross. I dealt with this specifically and made a way for you to get out of this. I made a way of escape, the word says in Corinthians. I made you a way of escape. Say, I've escaped. <laughs> you have. We've already escaped. Past tense. It says in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to get the tape of this. I, I'm just excited about it. It says in verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? How? Well, you're going to have to give it all, and you're going to have to do it just right, and you can't mess up. No, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word be transformed literally means to be transfigured. It means to be changed. So I'd point to myself, point there with you and say, be changed. Be changed. There's no change. There's no help coming until you and I change. Well, how much do I have to change? You just got to get open. You just got to get open. You don't, have to, you don't have to go to school for 20 years to get changed. Just make an adjustment. Okay, that's it. Just open your heart to say, because we all have hard spots. We all have experiences that says, you burned me once, but you're never going to get me again. Yeah, yeah, he is. Just because you say that he is. You double dog dare the devil and he will double dog dare you back. You got to submit yourself to God. Therefore, you, the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. What does it say next? Resist the devil. What does it say next? And he will flee from you. So first thing we do is we submit ourselves to God. I got some areas that were a little bit ornery, just a little bit calloused up, a little tough. I can be a little stubborn. It costs me every time. Nobody gets away with it. My mother-in-law told me one time, she says, uh, I'm to the age where I didn't say anything I want to. No, no, they're running, they're running in stark terror from when you say those things. No, you, you, we don't get to that age. We're going to have to have our speech salted or, or with grace. It says, be ye transformed by the renewing. The word there is renovation. I would say here at this uh, Nazarene church, especially in the girls' bathroom, that we have been doing renovation. <laughs> we didn't just paint up a little thing on the side and then stick a daisy on the corner. We ripped it out and started over. Renovation. You got to rip it out and start it over. You can't patch it up. You got to say, God, I don't know anything. He said, well, I've put the mind of Christ in you, which is down here. This is the mind of Michael up here. Bless his heart. But the mind of Christ down here, if I give him access, he will, t he will feed this part up here, and I'll think like God. I'll have his plans. I'll have his ideas. I'll have his pursuits. I'll have his blueprint. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. The word there means to examine or it means to allow what, that, what is good. Now, here's the thing I'm going. Let's see what's up there. Yeah. And she may prove what is that good. The word good there means beneficial. Yeah, that's beneficial. That's, that's good. But the next word is better, acceptable. That means agreeable. The God says, you know, I didn't agree with that. The other, that's beneficial. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll pay you a little bit. But you want that thing which is agreeable to you and me. We need to pray prayers that God wants to answer. He said, I'm on that already. Just as soon as you say, please do it, or in the name of Jesus, I've got that thing nailed. And then lastly, what is that good and acceptable and um, perfect will of God? The word perfect there, wrote that down too. It means mature, full, complete. Now, that's the exponential life. There's no, there's no, uh, 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 there's no holes in it that can... Get back at you. It's sealed off. Perfect, complete, mature. I want that. But he says you have to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind. Well, I like to watch TV, or I like to read books, or I like to run up and down the road, or I like to go to the bars, or I like to go, I like to do, I like to have, I like... It all has to be accounted for. Every hour has to be accounted for. Every hour we're doing that, we're not doing that. Am I right? Everybody just gets 24. I've asked him for more, and he said no. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I've asked more than you, and so I know if I can't, you can't. Exponential life. It's not hard. But you do have to turn. You have to renew your mind. You have to say, you know, I, I wasn't given the best I could have. My parents, my workplace, my... No. I've got to turn here and, what, and let the Word of God renew my mind so I'll think like He thinks. So not only will it be beneficial, not only will it be agreeable, but it will be mature and complete and whole. That way, every day, you get up every day, and you're going to have a victory every day. No two up and one back. Every day is two up. I'm telling you, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Like never before. I've always been on it, but I'm rabid now. Deborah Ann says about me, she says, well, you're intense. <laughs> not much time left. I mean, whatever time's left, if it's 30 years before he comes back, that's not much time left. Let me go one more scripture. It's in Acts chapter 8. I want to talk about it in Exponential Life. Acts chapter 8, and then we'll come back and do this another time. You know, there's a day coming, in Jesus' name, where an hour message will be, will be met with disapproval. That if you can't preach three hours, this kind of life, they're going to get somebody that can. Now, you thought I was going to say, if you can't preach an hour, then, you know, they're going to find someone that can preach 30 minutes. I know that 20 minutes is the average sermon. 20 to 25 minutes. That's all people can hold. We've been programmed by our, uh, our telephones and by our TV, commercial to commercial. We are programmed that after 20 or 22 minutes, which I'm going to start some broadcasts, and they're going to be about 22 minutes long, that people just start fading off. You know, uh, Wendy's son, Trace, you know, you can, you can hold him for a second, but then he, you know, but if you flash Elmo the giraffe over here and, and, and Ding Dong the donkey over here, well, he's just back and forth, back and forth, you know. Well, that's what Christians are right now. They're just like, the world's got them locked in. That, did I say something bad? Not yet. Okay, I'm working on it. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> we, got, we got to get it where we are focused in. It's coming a day where if you can't do signs and wonders at will, at will, you know, TV has a movie channel called On Demand. We should be on demand with miracles. Well, the anointing's not just right yet. Or what, somebody sat next to me too close on the airplane and, you know, the anointing. No, we got to be on demand. In the name of Jesus, we can handle this. Now, I'm working on that hard. I'm, you know, I'm working on that. I'm not getting everything done that I think should be done. So it's in me. i got to renew my mind. Do you have to renew your mind? We all do. There's no, there's no one. There's no exceptions. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, had to renew his mind. You might not like that. But he divested himself of his divinity. And he came as a man. He had to renew his mind. He had to pray. Do you all know he had to pray? If he did, we do. Where was I? Acts chapter 8. I want to show you all this. I'm talking about an exponential life. I, got, I just started going through this, this word and start uh, seeing this exponential life. It says, uh, uh, verse 37, Philip said, uh, If thou believest with thine heart, talking about the Ethiopian eunuch, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. You've got to have some translation experiences. You don't have time to load up in your little, your little Honda, your little Chevrolet, and, and, and go down. I mean, you do now, but do it. But there's a come time coming as time is compressed and the, and the end of time is narrowed 
where the harvest will be great, but time will be as it were. Time will be compressed for us that are in the Spirit. If you can get into the Spirit, I said if you can get into the Spirit, you're a praying man, you're a, you're a believing woman. If you can get it, you didn't, you weren't just at everything that the world was doing. You drew aside. You loved the Word. You, you developed a hunger for the things of God and the move of God. You were not entertained by this world. You were not put off by, by these things. It takes time. You got to work stuff out of your soul so that you can work stuff in. You cannot, you cannot do what you've always done and get this. It's, it's not an add-on. There's just 24 hours, and our minds are, are finite. They're limited. They're measurable. So you have to cut something off and say, I don't know what I'm making room for, but I'm cutting you off because you're not profitable to my whole life. And suddenly the Lord will fill it with him. He wants to. But you're sovereign. I said, we're all sovereign. The Lord does not make anybody get saved that doesn't want to get saved. Am I right? He rarely can heal someone that doesn't want to get healed. I know there's exceptions to that. But uh, it's pretty much on your watch. And uh, if you want to succeed financially and all that, you're pretty much going to have to get in line with his program. I'm telling the truth, y'all. I really am. And so uh, Philip was translated. He had an exponential life. Well, he didn't, we don't have any evidence that he prayed for it or needed it. But the word says that when he was translated, he preached. It wasn't so that he could make the peanut festival down at Dothan or something, you know. He got there just in time. No, he preached. There was a demand on his life. Create a demand for your life. Make yourself indispensable. We talked about yesterday how if you take a bowl of water and you dip your finger in it, and you pull out, and you look at the hole that's not there. Fills right in, doesn't it? That's who we are. When you're not there, you're not there. I'm not there unless I'm there. So I'm working on me. I'm not working on you, but I'm sharing my journey. And I'm sharing it out of the Word of God. I believe, I believe you'll be glad that uh, you serve the Lord Christ with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you'll have an exponential life. I want one. And you go, well, I don't really believe that. Well, let's just, you can wait. You can wait two or three years and watch somebody that has one and say, well, by golly, doggone. If there is one, believe I'll crank one up. Well, yeah, but you'll be three years behind. When I got the Holy Ghost in January 1st, 1980, you sh you'd think I'd be glad, and I was glad. I was so glad, but I went to the Lord, and I didn't even know how to go to the Lord. I was a Baptist boy, and I just I had no clue, but then I got this Holy Ghost thing. It came on me, and uh, my life changed dramatically, but I was mad. The only time I've ever been upset with the Lord, and I've been with him a long time. I said, Lord, here I am. I'm Baptist, and I, I'm 27 I was 26 or 7, 8 years old, something like that, whatever it is. I said, and back then I thought my whole life was, I thought I was middle-aged at 27. I like, ah, I'm almost done. And here, I finally got the power. And these Assembly of God boys that I was running around with, they've had it for years, although they didn't do anything with it. And he told me something that's changed my life forever. I've told you all this before. He said, I'll catch you up. I mean, I was, I was wired. I was wroth with the Lord. That I am 27 years old, and I've been just doing nothing for 27 years, and I could have been on this Holy Ghost thing, and I could have been activated, and I could have been... He said, I'll catch you up, and he has caught me up. And I endeavor, do what you will, do think what you will, I endeavor to be a forerunner in my own, in my own realm. I just, I, I, I just don't want to be in the middle. I want to be out front. Or I want him to tell me, the reason you're not out front is this, and give me a chance to change it. Would you all like to do that? Say, I want to be out front. I just want to be out front. I want to be, I want to be as, I try to say of myself, I'm just telling you what personally, I try to say, Lord, I want to do everything that a 65-year-old can do physically. Well, that ain't happening, I can tell you. <laughs> I see them, whoo, they're running by me, and I'm going, I have made me breathe hard just to watch them. <laughs> I'm not, but that's what I want. I want to think like a 65-year-old. I don't want to give my brain up. 
Well, he's getting old. He's getting slow. I don't want that. I want to be sharper. And I want to be on the forefront spiritually. I want to know what God's doing in the earth. And I believe that he's setting River Church up for a move of God. Now, there's a very humbling experience that's been going on with us. We look like the least of the least, but I can take you to Judges 6 where the Bible says that Gideon was the least of the least, the least of his family, the least of in the tribe. He was the least of all. And the Lord raised him up because he had no aspirations of being self-mighty. And I have none. The Bible says in Psalm 68 that he lays help on him who is mighty. That ought to give you hope. I tell the Lord all the time, in you I'm mighty. Anybody agree with me on that, on about you? In him I'm mighty. Let's say it. In him I am mighty. Well, the Bible says I will lay help on him who is mighty. Well, we don't need help if we, already, if we can be mighty without help. Who needs help if you're mighty without help? It's that you got to say, I'm mighty. He lays help on it, and it becomes what you said. He lays help on me. Y'all, River Church, we're getting help. We're getting help. Part of it is just windy, just today. Just, just help. Just help. Just help. It always helps. So let's stand up and let's lift our hands to heaven. Hallelujah. I hope something in this inspired you. Holy Ghost talked to you and said, I got stuff for you. You can't even think or imagine. I got a plan for you that's beyond your little head, your little realm of thinking, your little dream, your little goal of I want to someday own a, a Pontiac Trans Am. That was my dream for 15 years. Oh, my Lord. Something that would take control over your life and say, be great for me. Be fired up for me. Do something for me. Don't let the end days of your life just sail through like they have so far. Let me have control. Let me in. Oh, Lord Jesus, we lift our hands to you. You're the Lord of our lives. And you're so good to us. You've been so, so good. It's been the goodness of God that has made, led us to change. And we so appreciate how far you brought us. It's just exponential. But, Lord, I want more. And I believe River Church, because they're here today, they, we all want more. Lord, use us in Tuscaloosa. And, Lord, use us in Alabama. We ask you to lay help on us who are mighty, mighty in dream, mighty in our declaration of Jesus being everything in all things. And, Lord, we give you praise. And we thank you for the body. We thank you for River Church and every member you've put here. We're very grateful. They're just the most wonderful people in the world. Lord, show us how to, to hook up, how to partner with, how to team up one with another. So it's an unbreakable link, a chain that cannot be broken. And Lord, we give you praise for helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woohoo! Woohoo! Is it hotter than a pepper sprout in here to y'all? Oh, it's just me then. <coughs> Praise God. Now, Barry, do we have any hands to put up on the screen? I want to remind you all who you are and what you have and what you can do. Now, that is what you look like in the spirit. Those are healing hands. Those are pans that lay hands on the sick and they do recover. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say they might, could be, if conditions are right, if they're in the mood, if you're in the mood. No. They shall lay hands. Believing ones, it says in Mark, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't mean when you feel like it. Well, if you feel like it. You know, you, there'll be no feelings. Did you feel anything when you got born again? I doubt it. You just had to receive it by faith. That's my hands up there. That's that's Deborah's hands. That's Barry's hands. That's Melissa. That's our hands, and they're full of power. So lay them on your own body right now in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing us this morning. I speak, and so you speak to your own body. I speak to every trouble, every joint pain. I speak to you, joint pain. I know where you are and what you've been doing. And I tell you to leave my body. I put the healing hands of Jesus on my body and tell my joints my finger joints to be healed 
Be healed now. You talk to your body. Don't talk to, not mine, yours. You talk to you. Tell that ulcer. Tell that, that, that thing on your tongue. Tell that tooth. Tell your body. You got to line up. I'm over you. I'm in charge. In Jesus' name. We let the healing power go into our own body. But Lord, and now, now turn to somebody close to you and lay your hands on them. Put that fiery hand on somebody right now and just tell them, be healed in Jesus' name. Don't say, well, I don't feel nothing. It has nothing to do with feeling. You don't see this hand either, but that's exactly what's going on. Be healed in Jesus' name. Affliction, chronic trouble, uh, intermittent trouble. I tell you to go, go, go in Jesus' name. Be healed, sister. Be healed, brother, in Jesus' name. You need me to do this. I am your partner. I am your teammate. I am an impartation into your life. You need me, and I'm here to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you about your money before we go. Money cometh. What Teresa was talking about this morning, what a powerful testimony, but I'm telling you, it, it, just let go. Just, just. You Listen, everybody in here pays the power bill. We like the power. We want the power. We, nope, we're not eating ice cream this week because we're going to pay the power bill. Just get that way about your tithe. That's nothing. It's nothing. The Bible says that he gives you seed to sow. He gives it to you and says, here, I've given you extra. Go pay that. I can show you in the Word where He does it all the time. And just, and just let it go. And say, say, say every time, just say, there's plenty more where that came from. There's plenty more where that came from. It wasn't God's best. It certainly wasn't His last. There's plenty more. If you look in the Bible, Jesus will say, don't pay any attention about what you should wear, what you, where she, what you should eat, and something else. All the things. Just don't pay any attention to that. Think on the things of the kingdom. So that's what I'm doing. He said, cast your care upon him. So let's just cast our care right now. Whatever you are, just cast your care. Cast that bill, that mortgage, that, uh, that moving, what, whatever you're, ca you're caring about. You know it's in there. Just cast it out there and say, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go because there's plenty more. Where that came from. And there is. There's plenty. I'm telling you, he has sent it to me in ways that it, it defies the sparrow bringing, I mean, the, the, the quail coming in and the manna. Y'all have testimonies too. Amen. Now, the last thing is you got to be mindful of your mouth. You got to know you can prophesy things that God will back you up in. Well, I just didn't really feel it strong. We'll never feel it strong until you feel it weak and you just step out there. So just prophesy to somebody. Just tell them. God wants to bless you. And this is how he wants to bless you. Or God wants to heal this. Or God wants to. And, and don't come back later and say, I can't believe he did it. Don't, don't do that. Just say, yeah, I knew it all along. It doesn't have to be great faith. Just get out there. I'm reminded about Peter getting out of the boat. And the Lord Jesus, after he sank, said, oh, ye of little faith. But don't forget, he was in big faith until he went down. If the 11 boys had got out with him, listen, listen to me. If he'd had a partner get out with him, he would have never sank. But he was out there by himself, and he couldn't handle it by himself. You know that song by Three Dog Night? I, I will not sing it. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. It's gospel. Who would have thought Three Dog Night was gospel? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> They're not. Amen. Amen. He fregara bushedide, frangere su fringide, prantara pushiai o yeka de vrehesi, shombrote, shombrote, shombregere besedidi atu, o vrede besotita brite bushedi. And I will do it, saith the Lord. I will back you up. I will do it. For my own glory, I will do it, lest I deny you the greater one in you. I will do it, saith God. So step out on the water and do not be alone. Come and bring those that are around you and with you and step out of the boat. For the water 
the water will hold you up and you will walk across that which is impossible. And that which you never dreamed could be, will be, saith God. And I will use you for a demonstration in these last days. It is my time, saith God. It is my time, and I will show myself strong in, in, in favor of those that love me. I will show myself strong, and I will do what I said I'd do, and then I will do what you say I will do. I will back you up, saith God. So step out, be brave, be bold, be strong and of a good courage. For this is your day, saith the Lord, for I will come and I will take you home. But until then, I will show myself strong in this day. And it will be a demonstration, not of men's words, not of things of the past, but I will bring a fresh demonstration and the testimony of your life among the brethren, the testimony of your life among the heathen will be great, saith God. I will show myself strong. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Praise God. Well, if you need prayer, like Deborah said, we'll just come up here and we'll, uh, you should be good. But if anybody has.